What is up, guys, and welcome back to the All I Have show, episode five, where today I'm going to be unpacking some lessons learned, some thoughts and takeaways that I've had after reading the book Living with the Monks. Uh, This book was written by Jesse Itzler. If you're not familiar with Jesse, um, I highly suggest you go out and check him out on, uh, he has a lot of, a lot of content out there on social media, uh, TikTok, Twitter, etc. Um, so just a little background on Jesse, if you're not familiar. So Jesse, um, he's a young uh, entrepreneur, uh, he started out as a rapper and kind of break dancer, uh, way back in the day, uh, from New York. He got a, his break was, he came up with a song for like the New York Knicks back when the Knicks were really good in uh, basketball, cut a deal with the NBA and did lots of songs for all the teams. Then he went on to build uh, several other companies, the biggest of which uh, was a uh, private jet company or something. Um, He ended up selling that private jet company to Warren Buffett's Berkshire Hathaway. Uh, for an undisclosed amount, probably in the billions. But um, ultimately, now he is a co-owner of the Atlanta Hawks, uh, probably a, a, you know a couple times billionaire over. And then he married another billionaire, uh, Sarah Blakely, the founder of Spanx. Um, but just a really good dude, humble. Even though you know he has all this money. Um, he just, you know, really humble. You know, he when you listen to him, you honestly feel like, you know, he could just be a neighbor right next door, you, right next door to you. You run into him at the store. I mean, he dresses kind of bummy. He 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 goes out and challenges himself every day, and he does challenges, you know, uh, like this book. He went and lived in a monastery with the monks just to kind of experience what that was like. Um, he also lived with a, he had a book, he has another book called Living with the Seal, I believe, where he actually um, hired David Goggins, who I think a lot of people know now, but back then, um, you know, wasn't as uh, famous. But yeah, he hired David Goggins to come live with him for, I think it was a couple weeks, maybe a month, and kind of treat him like the SEALs treat each other or like some SEAL training just to kind of challenge himself and experience that, um, you know, just to, something outside of his norm. So really cool guy, and he breaks things down. Um, and if, <laughs> all, all these books are really like living through these experiences vicariously through him. Um, and <laughs> he's a, a very funny guy as well. This book is pretty hilarious. It's it's rare when you actually just reading a book that you chuckle out loud. I know we do the, uh, we type LOL a lot, but uh, this book literally made me laugh out loud a couple times. And my wife just kind of looks over like, what are you reading? Um, but anyway, I'm going to just uh, talk through a couple. I have three um, kind of excerpts I'm going to read and just provide my thoughts on them as they relate to a lot of things we talk about on this show. So without further ado, I'm going to crack open the book and jump into the first topic. So this topic hit me pretty good because um, time, and especially time with kids, is something I tried to be very intentional about. And it's really the guide guidepost that really helps with a lot of decisions I make um, in my life of just, okay, you know, 
if I am going to spend times away from my 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 kids, it needs to be um, a high value activity. There needs to be a good reason why I'm doing that, and I really have to kind of I want to justify that to myself because I think too many people go off and do pointless things and leave their kids behind. And in my mind, you know, I just feel like there's a this hourglass of sand is just slowly dripping away as the kids get older. So this time with them is so precious that, you know, I almost feel guilty when I go out and do things and I'm not with my kids. But this, this kind of quote helps. So he's talking about, he just gets to the monastery and he's, oh, and Jesse's an avid runner too. So like he runs marathons, like ultra marathons. And he talks about like running every day. Um, and it actually says right here, I virtually run every day for the last 25 years, 9,125 straight days over 36,000 miles. So I'm not stopping now. So anyway, he asked the monk, um, he's like, I'm willing to do whatever you guys want me to do, but I need some time to just run. And sh- can you just point me in the right direction of where I can run? And then he drops this quote in here. And, um, so he says, I'm a big believer that you have to carve out time each day to do the things that you love to do. It's my own rule that I call the three hour rule. You take three hours a day for yourself to do what you want to do. That time can be cumulative. It can be going for a walk, watching TV, reading, whatever. But when you're in that time, you don't feel guilty that you're not with your family at work or doing something else. If you don't take time for yourself, you'll resent the people who are taking those things away from you. And so I think this helped me because I think it, you know, it was just someone else of his, um, you know, someone else on his level kind of saying, it's okay. Everyone does need that time away, that time to their self to really do the things that kind of recharge the batteries, um, you know, let you feel content, let you kind of get your, um, kind of, you know, get, get that off your chest. And so that when you are with your kids and when you're with your family, you can be present because you're not thinking about these other things that you keep putting off. And I see, I think I see this a lot with single or not, not single, uh, maybe single, but stay at home moms, uh, specifically is that you almost feel like they don't have a, and, and not putting all single or uh, single or stay at home moms in this category, but I, that comes to mind uh, I guess more often than others when I think about this, but it's almost like they don't have a great relationship with their kids because they're they're kind of with them nonstop and they're kind of always angry with them. Um, they're like, ah, you know, go to this, got And it's like maybe they just need some time away to kind of take a deep breath, um, you know, take take five and, and just soak it all in, do something that you enjoy to do. And I never want to have that. Um, so like as intentional as I am about spending a lot of time, I am going to, um, you know, try to carve this time out um, more often so that I can pour into my children. So I hope that resonates with you as well. And, you know, while I think it's, a, a, you know, a valiant uh, gesture to want to spend more time with your family. I don't think enough people do that. It can become, uh, I guess, as an, a negative if you're too far on one side of the spectrum. So maybe it was just timely for me, um, just where I am in my journey right now and really trying to be intentional that I needed to hear that, that it's okay to step away. So um, let that sink in and see if uh, you know there's a place in your life where you can carve out some time to do the things that really um, 
are rewarding for you and really kind of give you that energy to go back out and do the things you need to do and feel content when you're spending time with your family and really uh, making sure you're present uh, when you're doing that. So, cool. Well, the next, uh, the next excerpt here that I'm going to read comes from, um, he's telling a story in this book where he's, he's, this was back when he's broke, he's meeting with this business uh, mentor, if you will, um, and he's kind of getting some advice from him, and he's, uh, I'll just read a couple of things here, he's saying, the, the mentor is talking to him, he says, very often the process is more valuable than the outcome. As you struggle in business with goals at work, it's hard to appreciate the journey. However, it is the journey that makes us feel most alive. And going through these experiences really creates these types of memories and really just enjoying the journey along the way. We only have two kinds of memories in our life, ones that we can't control and ones that we create. The ones that we can't control are things that just happen during our lives that leave an in an indelible memory, like 9-11, the O.J. Simpson car chase, our son falling and loses his, losing his first tooth, etc. We remember those moments with complete clarity, but we had nothing to do with them. The other kind of moments are the ones that we can control and create ourselves. So his examples are running our first marathon, our first date, etc. When you're young, you have so many opportunities to create positive memories, and that's uh, he's saying that's what Lewis was getting at. Lewis was the business coach. The memories we create of our own accord are the paintbrushes of life's canvas. So this one for me, I think, was just good to hear and kind of think through, you know, when we think back upon the memories we have, you know, are you carving out time to really create those memories? I think even more important to do so with your children or are you just letting life happen to you? So I think that's a big principle that I talk about a lot is kind of this creating a life on your terms. And part of that is, you know, really being diligent about planning and doing things that you'll enjoy and be able to look back upon with fondness, um, you know, in the future. So for me and my family, we have a quarterly uh, adventure, we call it, where, you know, quarterly we, we plan out and we try to go somewhere cool just as a family, um, whether that be camping. Sometimes we've gone and just stayed in a hotel, um, checked out some museums in a different place. But I think it is important to intentionally plan out and get away from the norm, the day-to-day, the house that comes along with all the chores and the things that... Um, I think become mundane. You know, the more you're around them, and you, the more you do the same old thing, your your brain kind of, you know, is a database. It has to kind of filter and choose which things to store. And so it's not going to store the thing that you do over and over and over that kind of get, gets kicked out. The things that spike on the spectrum of different or invigorating are the things that are going to be remembered and stored for the long term. So I think maybe the takeaway is, you know, where in your life can you um, be more intelligent, not intelligent, more 
intentional about creating memories, whether that be for yourself uh, by challenging yourself, you know, signing up for a race, stepping out of your comfort zone and doing something you wouldn't normally do, or with your family. It, you know, are you guys just going through the motions? Do you do the same thing on a, uh, you know, weekly basis? Or can you carve out some time to go somewhere you haven't been before, take a trip, uh, you know, try something new as a family, you know, go canoe and go, uh, go do something that you guys aren't, uh, you know, used to doing and create some good memories together. Um, as ultimately Jesse says, life is the canvas. These memories are the paintbrushes. Uh, kind of cliche, but I think the uh, the thought behind it um, is, is really powerful. So lastly here, this is a topic I think I touch on way too often, but I think it's so important that I want to, and it, this is coming from, from Jesse as well. So I want to kind of just reiterate uh, my thoughts on this. So um, this one's more of a story. So at the end of his stay with the monks, uh, and monks are all male, the nuns are the female uh, counterpart. So the monastery he's at has like a sisterhood with the the nuns. And Jesse ultimately goes and has lunch with the nuns as well. And he starts to tell this story. So he says... Um, Sister Rebecca told me about a friend of hers who she said is only who she only had three years of work left, and then she was going to retire and do what she really wants to do for the rest of her life. Sister Rebecca felt bad for her because she already was doing exactly what she wanted to do every day of her life. Imagine all the time my friend lost not doing what she wanted to do. I agreed. So I told her a story about a friend of mine. He's turning 53 and is going through something of a change in his life. Getting older can be a rude awakening. All of a sudden, the years have gone by and you haven't done nearly what you had hoped to do. And the older you get, the faster the clock ticks. My friend is in one of those melancholy, what I have done, what have I done with my life moods. So I said to him, what if I gave you $10 million? What would you do? He said, that's easy. I'd move to California first thing. Well, guess what? Nobody's going to give you $10 million. But if you really want to move to California, just do it. Really? Yes. Save up six months of cushion, move out, and figure it out. Otherwise, you'll live with massive regret. Did he move to California? Debbie asked. Nah, he's still talking about it. So then Jesse says, People are always waiting for something to happen before they change their lives, but they have it backward. When you change your life, big things are most likely to happen. One thing is for sure, if you keep waiting for someone to give you $10 million, nothing is going to change. The nuns and monks have it right. They made the big change in their lives years ago. And you know what would happen if someone had gave them $10 million now? Nothing. They wouldn't do a damn thing differently. And they'd stay perfectly happy. The takeaway is that money isn't the life changer. Quicksilver cash might upgrade the things in your life, but it does little to alter the course of it. Change costs no money at all. The younger you make decisions to live life on your terms and do what you love to do, the more fulfilling a life you'll live, and it's never too late. So I know that was a longer read, but I thought it was important to have the context of the story. And, you know, the two people that are being called out here, I think from the nun and Jesse, are both people who are on this traditional path in life. And it's really the, the norm. It's the, the most people that you run into, that you interact with, 
they're on this path. They're working their whole life away, doing something they don't enjoy every day for the ultimate dim light at the end of a too long of a tunnel um, in this idea of retirement. So I think the important takeaways are, you know, like Jesse says, what, you know, what if someone gave you $10 million, how would your life change? And I bet Jesse didn't say this, but I bet he would agree that if you ask yourself that question and something comes to mind, nine times out of 10, what you really want to be happy, what you really think you would do if you made all that money, it probably doesn't cost that much money at all to just do what you really want to do. Most of the time, it's, it's you know, there's a big wall that you think is between where you are and where you want to be, but it's likely, if you really think about it, plan it out, it, it's likely a molehill that's holding you up, not a giant wall or a mountain. You know, there's a lot of things you can do today to change your life for the better if you just take the time to think about what that really looks like. You know, put a plan together, truly understand what you want in life, and, you know, go, go get it. Go get after it. There's no need to wait for, you know, this quote-unquote retirement um, or this, if this happens, then I'll be happy. I need this to, you know, before I'll ever, you know, consider being happy. So, yeah, I think that, uh, you know, both in both of those cases, Jesse hit it right on the head, and Jesse is a living example of someone who gets after it on a daily basis and puts himself in these kind of situations to really live life on his terms. Now, you know, you, you might be saying, well, yeah, he's got all the money to do that. I guarantee, I mean, aside from, you know, his ha- his house being really nice, I mean, this guy, he, he runs through, like, the mountains, he'll sleep in tents, like, he's, he doesn't need the money that he has to live, you know, life on his terms, and I think we all can be better about, you know, just really thinking through what we want our life to look like, and what does it truly cost? Now, I mean, if you have expensive tastes and, you know, certain things that you really want to do, are, are cost money, I mean, are, are expensive, um, then, hey, at least, you know, you have a plan, you have a specific number that you're shooting for before you can hit that, rather than a time horizon, you know, quantify the cost rather than just saying someday or when I get to retirement, those are very vague and untangible targets. You should get very clear about the things you want so that you can build an actual plan, break it down into time or, you know, if it's monetary, break it down into X amount. I'm going to save X amount per month so that, you know, for this end goal. And then if you break that down, you can say, okay, if I save this amount per month, it takes X number of months to get there. Then you have a specific line in the sand, not the age of 67 and a half when the government says I can retire you need to do things on your terms. So I hope that was helpful, guys, um, that at least one of the three of those excerpts hit at home at some level with you. If you haven't checked out the book, I mean, there was tons of other takeaways in there, but those are just the three that I thumbnailed and wanted to um, chat 
with you today on. So again, highly recommend you check out the full book. Highly recommend you check out all things Jesse Itzler. He does lots of motivational uh, speeches, keynote speeches. Um, He did a really good one with Gary Vaynerchuk um, that I would highly recommend you check that out too. Just Google that. It's probably out there on YouTube, etc. But with that, guys, we'll go ahead and wrap. I appreciate you checking out the All I Have show, and we'll catch you next time.